Right then. So, without further ado, uh, w- can you do the, uh, the the noise for this? We're going to switch to Super what was, Bruce. I news. can't beat Bruce. What was his? What was the? What was the? What was the noise he made? I, don't, I can't remember. It was it was like a do 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 news. Do 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 news. Galnet News Digest, 21st of June, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at early polls in the Alliance vote on Sirius, we are amazed by the complexity of the Seven Sisters Speedway time trial, and we experience what it's like to jump into witch space when you're sitting outside the carrier. Perhaps it's the revelations about salvation, or perhaps it's the thought of those AX missile launchers, but polling shows that it's all but inevitable that the Alliance Assembly will vote to have Alliance anti-Xeno defence managed exclusively by the Sirius Corporation. There's a valiant rearguard action by those who want to keep the Alliance independent of outside forces, or perhaps they really want one of those 25 Alliance chiefs and raffle prizes. But the pro-Sirius effort is outnumbering those efforts two to one. It's unclear what the exact terms of the agreement will be, but it's clear that the Sirius Corporation does not make charitable donations. It will expect to benefit greatly from its contract with the Alliance. Arguably, the Alliance, combined with Sirius Navy, could become almost as great a military power as the Empire or Federation, although the current highly decentralised model used by the Alliance Defence Force means that it is a much less effective fighting force than its numbers might imply. As with the other superpowers, many members of the Alliance Navy are seconded to support Azimuth, Biotech and Salvation, who is also known as the Witch. The latest of the Buckyball Racing Club's season of Magic 8-Ball time trials is the Seven Sisters Speedway, an event with a scoring system so complicated that it's hard to imagine how the organisers will ever be able to identify the winner. At its core, the race is very simple. You start off from Ohm Horizons in HIP 29312, head over to the Pleiades Nebula and visit the Seven Sisters Star Systems, Asterope, Atlas, Seleno, Maya, Merope, Pleione and Sterope 2, in any order, and then head back to the starting point to claim your place on the podium. You can fly in a regulation-built Cobra Mark III, or in the open class that allows any ship capable of completing the challenges. For there are challenges, some of them mandatory. You need to dock at a few stations. Copernicus Observatory in Asterope, Artemis Lodge in Seleno, Obsidian Orbital in Maya, plus the asteroid base Stargazer in Pleione and Azimuth Biotech's ominous megaship in Merope. You also have to fly through one of the tunnels at the Squirrel's Nest Bar in Pleione, which means you're unlikely to complete the course in a Type 9 Heavy. You're only permitted to refuel and repair at Obsidian Orbital. Because why not have a random rule? But you are thankfully allowed to scoot from stars along the way. Jumponium is banned because the Buckyballers hate explorers, while neutron star boosting is encouraged, except neutron boost pre-charge, which is both banned and impossible. In the open class, you're not allowed to use docking computers or supercruise assist, but flight assist is permitted. Engineering, including exclusive CG rewards, is permitted, but not heat sinks, shield cell banks, 
Olympus, which presumably means that calling the fuel rats would get you disqualified. Guardian technology is permitted. There is nothing we could see in the rules about using wingman navlocks or about being in a team and getting an extra pip. So far, so straightforward. But then, you can take time off by completing a series of optional tasks. These include overheating when you jump to hyperspace. You can take a second off for every percentage point of heat, meaning that 120% heat would take two minutes off. It's not clear from the rules if you can still take 99 seconds off if you don't quite hit 100%. There's bound to be a steward's inquiry for that. You get five-minute bonus for flying within 100 metres of a listening post, and the same for getting close to a tourist beacon. And if you boost through the tunnel at the squirrel's nest, you get 100 seconds for each of the up to three tunnels. If you enter the toast rack while flying backwards, that's yet another 100 seconds. If you buy up to eight tonnes of power generators or computer components at Artemis Lodge, you get 100 seconds for each tonne that you get back to Ohm Horizons. Flying through a habring at the Glorious Prospect gets you 100 seconds, and going all the way round Obsidian Orbital and through the habring twice gets you 300 seconds. Targeting any Thargoid ship gets you 300 seconds, and flying within 100 metres of the Thargoid gets you another 100 seconds. It's not clear if you can perform this feat multiple times for more time bonuses. Probably not. As you return to Ohm Horizons after having survived all that lot, if you boost through the mail slot with your shields down, you can claim one second bonus for every metre per second you're travelling, as long as you're travelling above your unboosted maximum speed. The idea seems to be to try and kill off as many participants as possible. Assuming you've survived, you've amassed a load of extra points completing all these strange tasks. What if you've done really well and might come in one of the top three places? Well, in that case, all the points you've amassed have to be removed again. And only the unmodified track time is counted. Meaning that the person in fourth place may well finish with a faster time than the overall winner. It just wouldn't be Buckyball if you could understand the rules or work out what your race time was. A word of warning. If a war starts between Salvation and the superpowers, then Azima's Biotech's glorious prospect megaship may well move to the T-Tauri system, increasing the course's length by around 200 light years. So best get on and complete the course before then if you can. But let someone else work out your score. They'll have a spreadsheet for it. Commanders visiting the Redugia HJ-MB48-1 system can experience some of the most beautiful sights in the galaxy. Two planets with the thinnest imaginable rings orbiting as a close pair close to the star and with a tiny rocky moon orbiting one of them creates some highly memorable conjunctions. However, you need to be careful where you park your fleet carrier when visiting this lovely system. The planets are so close to each other that if you're not careful, the fleet carrier self-preservation subsystem will kick in and move the fleet carrier rapidly through normal space to avoid it getting crushed by the approaching planet. Unfortunately, if a fleet carrier starts moving rapidly sideways, the commanders on board 
do not accelerate with it. Coupled with the incredibly thin material used to make the walls of fleet carriers, it's all too easy to get thrown out into the vast emptiness of space, which is inconvenient, but does give you a rather good vantage point to admire the cosmos. Which would be fine if it weren't for the bungee cord tied around your waist that keeps pulling you back into the carrier, only for you to slide back out again, over and over and over again. It gets a bit monotonous after the first hour or two. You need to wait for the big nasty planet to stop advancing towards the fleet carrier so that the fleet carrier stops trying to run away, or you need to jump the carrier to a different location hoping all the while that passengers floating around outside will not be left floating around, but will jump with the fleet carrier to its new location. The stewards are very kind, by the way. When the time comes to be seated for the jump, they understand that you can't fight against the acceleration of the fleet carrier to get to the observation deck, so they provide you with your own invisible chair outside the carrier from which you can safely observe the ship's Departure. And that truly is an unrivalled spectacle. And that's this week's Galnet News. Do, 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 do. News. Galnet News. We ram the tourist beacons so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>